Scoopy gang, Scoopy gang. Welcome to new episode. And I know it's a new setting. We're trying it out. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm TJ, brother Lee, and Tommy Gunn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I, I didn't know I was going. I know. For maybe it, so. you've heard of a. You know. Yeah. No, I've heard of you saying it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was going for it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Go for it. Tommy Gunn. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, my actual identity, you know, it can't be revealed because you know witness protection program. Oh, this so, shit, yeah, man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope we're not getting us in trouble. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, the main thing is, welcome on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Well, really it's a pleasure to be, to be here. here. You guys are legendary now, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, not yet. Huh? That's, that's a big <laughs> claim. Thank you. Yeah, we, thank we, you. Yeah. Your audio podcast of your episode number one, uh, you know, the, the second half is, is blanked out. So I'm just wondering, really? you know, is it like... You know, really the, completely blanked out? Yeah, only the second half, though. So I was just wondering, it's like, was it a CIA thing? Was it like a plot? You know, is it like the Nixon White House tapes where there were all those minutes that were erased? You know, <laughs> what happened in those last few minutes? It's the first episode, right? Yeah. Because we were, we were so nervous, I think, during yeah. the first episode. Well, you know, don't, don't ever admit that it's a mistake. Just say, well, you know, we had to edit that out because national security, plan. you know? Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> but when you when you listen back to the first one, you realize, yeah, we, like we have you, we have we no were, idea what we're doing. <laughs> I thought it was grand. Yeah, no, really? really. Yeah, yeah. Enthusiasm makes up for a lot when it comes to technology. You know, so. I I think one thing we heard is um, that when you know us before you listen to our podcast mm-hmm. and then you listen to it, mm-hmm. it's really funny. That's, yeah. that's what I heard. Yeah, when it's just some random dudes, it's yeah. like. What? Who are these? Mm. Who are these Couple guys? Couple bastards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think the, the, the video component it makes people more familiar with you and, and whatnot. And, you know. Yeah, to get to see yeah. your face. Yeah. Do, do, does everybody know that you guys take coffee pretty much every day of the week at a particular corner that's at least a 15-minute drive from where you live? Only the people, they know us, yeah, us but, as as but, people. But the podcast people don't know this. They drive 15 minutes away down all these little roads to get to this one corner to sit there and have coffee. And it happens to be about 300 meters from where I live. And I'm coming around the corner. All of a sudden, there's this yell, Tom. And it's like, where does that come from? Nobody knows me here. <laughs> and sure enough, in, in, in the three seconds it took for me to drive by, they spotted me in my, you know, full operational helmet and everything <laughs> and uh so now i've gone back there again and it's pretty good coffee it's good coffee right yeah yeah which but, can be hard to find here well you know the, the search is worth you know yeah yep. did, did you try revolver coffee i haven't yet revolver coffee yeah. Yeah. it's like it's i'm working myself coffee. up yeah. to it you yeah. know it's um i mean the only reason i had to have it is because local coffee is closed mm-hmm. on galungan Ah, so I had to go look uh, revolver because mm-hmm. it's the only place available open, and ah. also it's the only place available open to people watch. Yeah, ah. so so you're on the outside on the corner. Yeah, it's right on yeah. the shortcut yeah. corner. How many how many accidents did you almost see? How many exits? You, see, your other site that we were just referring to <laughs> is also My a site that, that you will see at least one near miss every minute. You know, it just the people are just crazy at this T intersection. And, yeah, and the shortcut uh, entrance there is a similar so with yeah. a curve and crowded yeah. and yeah. all this. So it's like, you know, you kind of cringe and you see the dumb things people do. You know, <laughs> just like yeah, 
Yeah. Not only dumb things, like crazy things and fun yeah. things. Well, and, like, and, 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 and also, beautiful things too. And beautiful things, but also, you know, oblivious. Yeah. Some of them are oblivious to the chaos that they leave <laughs> in their wake, you yeah. know, yeah. so whatever. <laughs> it's a big rush just to, to get nowhere. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You're going to be stopping traffic somewhere down the road in two minutes anyway. Yeah. So, Tom, tell us, like, so where is the journey started? Like, where's the what? Where is the journey started? Like, you traveling? Oh, traveling? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, I was relatively static in one place, you know, yeah. for the first 20 years of my life. Yeah. And then uh, I lost track of how many places I lived at about 35 or 40. And that's actually had an address you could mail me things to. And I just stopped counting. I've been working on the road for about 14 years. 14 years. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I could work in various parts of the States or in Canada. You know, it's all been online work. Which is great because when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, yeah, it's just another day. You just get up, do the same thing. But everybody else is panicking because they didn't know anything about remote work. But the remote work is only clearly started like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I spent uh, about a year working for the U.S. federal government. Oh, shit. Officially yeah. as an intern, but really as part of, you know, uh, the, one of the senior architecture teams. And um, that was very big in remote work. And that was over 10 years ago. Well. And so basically nobody had an assigned desk except for the head of the department. Everybody else had hot desks. So you had to get on there two weeks before. You had to sign up for a desk. That was your desk. You would bring your laptop out of your locker. You would put it in the in the, the cradle and you would have your two screens and that's how you'd work. And you would come in one to two days a week and that's those are the days that your whole team would come in and they would have meetings the rest of the week everybody worked at home hmm. now just think about this it's pretty smart of the u.s government that, that, that is also do. that is also with laptop and computer yeah yeah but yeah. everything was on laptop yeah. everything you know yeah. so you would access the server through the laptop but when you're working at home who's paying for the electric you when you're working at home who's paying for the cooling and the heating Who's paying for the toilet paper? Who's paying for the maintenance, the cleaning, and all this stuff? Federal government was smart. Yeah. Some people hated it. They hated it. Oh, God, they hated it. You know, but they built it into several of the new buildings they were building. So that was the way it was going to be. And, you know, you think about it. When three days out of five, the staff is working at home, you can have smaller buildings with smaller requirements for all the building things. It was really pretty smart. And people were going on and on about how that much they hated it. They didn't want it. Well, here we are. We forward from 2010 forward to 2020, all hell breaks loose. And you hope that they all remembered those lessons because the U.S. federal government was doing it all along. It's smart. I know. It was really yeah. smart. That's how yeah. they became the number yeah. one country. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're, the, the federal government in the U.S. is the largest real estate uh, landowner in the world. Yeah. I, Even I, bigger than the queen. I Except did, she's dead now, but, you know. I did work for a state and I did work for <coughs> federal government mm -hmm. during COVID time mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, it's already been, like you said, you've been remote all of your life. Yeah. Um, I worked for federal before I moved here. Mm -hmm. I was like, I quit the job because I, I didn't want to take it out and I don't want to travel with federal job because I don't mm -hmm. think it's fair for them and fair for me and yeah. putting me in a position where I get in trouble or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I work for state, uh, which is mm-hmm. really nice. And with the things there is very slow. I, I can say like federal government and state is really slow mm-hmm. and things. Mm-hmm. And it, it is really nice to work with yeah. the government yeah. things. And, and we're not talking about what specific department it was or any of that stuff. So, no, that, so yeah. the, the, your, your watchers aren't going to like, you know, check us out. No, yeah, no, way. no, we're not going to yeah, yeah. say what yeah. we did. And in actuality, <laughs> we're going down this path and they don't care about this. Stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the thing is, as long as it, like you're not going to reveal any anything related yeah. to them like it'll, it'll be fine yeah, yeah. um have the editor cut this part out He's yeah, like, boring, yeah. <laughs> boring uh but uh yeah but the world has changed yeah the world has changed and you know the people that you know how they're trying to force people back to offices you know and you you know realize that commercial real estate was something you could not lose at there would always be companies wanting more real estate all in the entire world has changed now and it's uncertain I took commercial real estate courses, you know, back, you know, 2012, 2013. And these people had cojones this size. You know, you would go to a negotiation class with these people. One would turn to the other. He says, you know what? You know what they call, um, you know, the negotiation stage or mediation stage or any of this stuff. He says, that's that's like, you know, that's what the losers call it. <laughs> Like, Lee always wanted to be a salesman. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're swimming with the sharks, you know, in, in real estate field, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, a few people yeah. have mentioned it to me before, but oh, why have you not gone into sales? I don't know whether that's because we can just yeah. talk, but I've never, I've never, I've never uh, remotely worked either. Yeah, that's something I was going to ask you boys that have yeah. remotely worked. Do you ever think you could convert back to being solely office based? You know, that, that's the thing when the company, big companies are struggling right now because oh, everybody got used to working remotely and doing mm-hmm. their own thing. And if you ask them to come back to work, like most of them are quit quitting the jobs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of my exes, she works for one of the big universities in Canada and uh, they switched to remote work. Uh, like she got the new job and she was gonna go in and start. She got her training and all of a sudden COVID hit. Like it instantly hit then and it was, she was glad she went and did all that crazy training. When COVID hit, they picked up all her computers and her screens and I sent her home with it. And she's been working remote now for over two years and, uh, well, actually almost three. And they've decided that it's not worth it for people to go back in. Yeah, They accomplish so much more. They have a, a meeting once every two weeks in person. They decided to stop that because nobody gets anything done because there's too many distractions. At home, you can get things done. You can, you know, have meetings between people. Click, click, click. There's no walking between the various conference rooms and going to the desk and getting distracted. And da, 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 da. It's just like, I'm here. I'm in a meeting with this person. Click. I'm in a meeting with that person. This meeting starts at 10 o'clock. Boom. It starts at 10 o'clock. It starts at 11 o'clock. It starts at 12 mm. o'clock. And it's very efficient. But do you think there's going to be some negative parts of it too, like oh, yeah. where there's no, you lose that social interaction? Yeah, it's hard to get a date. <clears throat> no, oh, yeah, I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah, no, really. You well, know? I mean, you weren't getting it's in the industry. It's hard to get a date. You mean so. like, uh, well, you know, like some people, dating, dating. some people date at work, you know. And, really? Well, you meet people. You're gonna meet people somewhere, right? You say, oh, well, let's go out for a drink afterwards. Well, when you're working I'm remotely, I'm not sure that's how it little... is the HR during your time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, in, like in uh, America, there is no rules for HR in in North America. It's very casual. If you're if if I if I was your boss and you were of the opposite sex, for example, and uh, I wanted to go out for drinks with you and I could actually fire or hire you, that would be bad. Yeah, it would not be cool. 
Now, if you went out with a whole group of people, that would be something else. It's like a happy album. But not a one-on-one. Yeah, well, no. no uh, so you really have to be here. And, of course, we we're on We're Out in the Era of Me Too and all this stuff, too. You know, crazy wackos like Harvey Weinstein, the troll, you know. So it's just, uh, but, but you know, if you're just workers in the same level doing the same thing, there's nothing stopping you from dating. You just have to, everybody has to be respectful. That's because uh, I met a couple of uh, couples in, mm-hmm. in the, uh, I worked in Nationwide, I worked in Chase. Yeah. Uh, both companies, the people I met there, like how long have you been working here? They're like mm-hmm. 22 years. And uh, where does your wife work? And she's like, he's like, right over there. Right over there, yeah. Yeah. Right over yeah. there. Where did yeah. you guys meet? Right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they started working. But the thing is, nowadays, if you want to do that, it's you're, you're going into like HR thing. Like you're going to run mm-hmm. into trouble. Oh, yeah. But back in the day, like you can easily yeah. do it. Yeah. And, and, and I could say, cause, you know, I have, I have a history. So... I've sent you a copy of my history. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and my first wife, we'll go down this road. Um, uh, we met, everything's cool. And then they had an opening at her place and they really wanted me to apply. So I did and I got the job. So we're living on the site or working in different departments, but basically working together because it's a small operation. It's hard. It never shuts off. And different people are different ways, but this was one of those things where, you know, everybody was in charge of a very important department, one, another. And so, you know, it was never, you never had a day off. Mm. So it's really, depending on the company, the position, what you're doing, it could be good, it could be bad. You, you know? feel then when you work with a partner that the work actually ends up carrying home okay. and that you're... In this case, you're definitely. Your time. Yeah. I couldn't say it would be the case, let's say, if you were both accountants and you're mm. working in some big giant office building on different floors. It's probably not. But yeah. uh, in, in, in my case, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, what are you going to do? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, when I would be at work, I would come back and my ex would say, like, oh, how was work? I'd be like, oh, it might have been a busy day. We had a lot of busy days, mm-hmm. physical, labor, all mm-hmm. that. But some days it wouldn't be. And I'd just be chancing my arm, see maybe I could get a massage or, you know, a, a nice relaxing evening. And I'd be like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, my back's broke or whatever. And she'd be like, oh, sit down. And yep. We might have had a quiet day. Everything might have run perfectly. But, I mean, if you're working with your partner, you can't tell them that because they know straight away. It's like <laughs> yeah. I've seen you. You didn't do anything all day. Okay. Yeah. Let, let, let's yeah. go down this road. Like... Uh, you had massas in Ireland, right? Uh, yeah, very, not as regular as I would have here. But yeah, yeah, because here is cheap. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how expensive are they? In, in um, I would say probably in the region of maybe 60 euros. So probably a million. Million. IDR. Oh, well, when I was in the States and in Canada, getting Swedish massage, which is like really deep tissue, um, you were looking at 50 to $75. And uh, above that, you need to tip. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, you know, because it was considered to be a profession, like a doctor, there was no tipping. No, no, like when was this? Like This this would have been 15 years ago. Okay. So, but um, now in Bali, um, get a Balinese massage, which is not a deep tissue massage. It's Mm. a different thing. But um, the people I use are like really super experienced. They've been at this for 15, 20 years each. Uh, Totally professional. Um, it's it's going to cost what what they would say is one twenty to uh, one fifty thousand rupiah. Okay, 
conversion on that uh, U.S. dollar is eight dollars, eight dollars, or eight euro, or eight yeah, pounds much these days. The and uh, uh, really, uh, I can afford to go for two to three massages a week. Yeah, like if yeah. you live in the U.S., like I would barely go have massage like yeah. two months once. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, also it's a good, really good way. You know, because this is a completely professional massage, no fooling around. Um, you get to really know people. You get to know the whole staff in the massage. They all go, hi, Tom, you know, and you sit down and they're teaching you some Balinese language, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I could say Rajang Samang and all these. Uh, you know, you get to talking about, you know, you're, you're, you're getting, you know, massaged your bones and say, so tell me about, you know, the, the ceremony that's coming up and why do they hang these things up like this? And, you know, what do they do when they do this? And so you're getting, you know, an education. So it's really, you know, the, the, the cheapest, you know, $8 us education i've ever gotten but really it's wonderful you know and you get to be their friends you know and you know you get invited to some ceremonies and it's really very nice you know so uh, i i value it much more than i ever valued any of the swedish massages i ever got which were you know super professional deep tissue things one thing we know is folk between massages did we have it? did you have it? not really because uh, i feel like when i go for massage i'm like okay uh, in a way, I kind of go to relax or it's mm -hmm. that deep tissue, mm -hmm. whatever, stress, yeah. muscle tension or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, same with like a barber when you're getting your hair cut. Yeah, you don't want to mess it up. I'm <laughs> like, I don't want to distract this person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Try a massage is one thing, but you know what I mean? The guy cutting your hair, you could, you could lose a chunk of your hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of let them, I let them be. I always figure that the, they know more about style than I do. Yeah. You know, being an old guy, it's like, I got to say, you know, what do I know about style? My yeah. my knowledge of style. Don't is put yourself old. down like that. Yeah. No, but it's just. You're, I think like, you're the most stylish person in the whole room. I, I don't. So. I like the black so. black yeah. shirt. Yeah. No. Actually, I got this single fin out there in Uluwatu. Yeah. yeah it's, it's oh, I've never really been. Good. You have to go all never the way been. out there to the store, which is just next to Single Fin Resort, in order to buy this shirt. Uh, Uluwatu is one of those things that I'd gone out a couple <clears> times, had a beer on a bar overlooking the surf a year ago i was out there during covid there's like five people out on the surf sometimes three i go back when i returned to bali in october this year there's 300 people i'm counting them out there really 300 people in the same spot and that was three months ago so i don't know how many are out there in the surf now but one thing about uluwatu is you cannot just drive out there have a beer and drive back because you don't own anything and I'm not saying I know anything now, but go out there, spend three, four, five days out there, get to know the neighborhood, get to know, you know, where the remote spots are, where the busy spots are, where some of the things are. There's the, I will never discover everything about Luluatu, just like I will never discover every little back road here in Changu. Um, really, it's really nice. There's, there's a road on the south end of Uluwatu that is wider than anything in Changu by two times. There's absolutely no traffic. I mean, you'll drive down this road, there's nobody else but you on this road. And you're going like, holy hell, and there's nobody there. Is it towards the Nang Nang Beach? Because that road is like wide open, yeah, usually. Yeah, it's it's at the complete south end. It's near the Bulgari Resort, and it's in between there. And uh, you start out in... Um, uh, Pikachu, which sounds like Pikachu. I was just going to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. But, you, you know, it'll take you from Pikachu all the way around to Singlefin and and uh, 
the Uluwatu beach area, uh, and there's almost no traffic. It also takes you past the uh, Uluwatu temple. Um, oh, yeah. 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 But there's nobody on this road. You just got to, you know, there's parts that are broad and wide, and there's some parts that are a little bit narrow, and there's a little bit of sand and gravel on the road, so you really got to kind of watch careful. them corners, mm -hmm. you know. But, uh, yeah, but it's it's gorgeous. But spend some time. Get You know, there are places you can get out there for $9 U.S. a night. There are places out there you can get for $20 U.S. a night or 45 or 400 mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but uh, you don't need much because you're not going to spend any other time in your room other than when you're asleep. Yeah. But just get out there and enjoy and just... You know, you can drive the whole route from Pikachu all the way up through Luwatu to Singlefin and, and uh, the beach and then back around. You can drive that whole circle in 25 minutes and then turn around and go the other way and it's a completely different road. Would you say that's one of your favorite places yeah. in Bali? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I like to go to the clubs uh, out there, Savaya. Um, I've been out three shows out there and... Uh, yeah, yeah. a bit of a partier, isn't he? I am. I am. Tom likes, I Tom I likes good music. Above and Beyond was out there, and Juno Beats was out there. I went out there for Axwell. Uh, I'll probably go out there again late this month for something. But yeah, no, it's grand. He's been to more clubs than we are we have. in yeah, Bali. Yeah, I want to go to Vault, you know, trying to get something set up for that. There's three 21 year olds in me. They're trying to get out, you know? It sounds kind of weird. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not, it's like, not. But it's, 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 you know, it's, you, you know you, you keep it in for so long. And, of course, COVID you know, just kind of got us all, you know. And when I got a chance to get into Indonesia on a business visa a year and a half ago, October, I was, like, sprung out of a cage. She couldn't get in here for tourism, but I had business visa. Like a chicken. Eh? Yeah. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to be here... Uh, <laughs> God, it was uh, early uh, 2021 I was supposed to be here. And actually, no, I was actually supposed to be here in April of 2020. And, of course, all hell broke loose. And that those plans got canceled, put off, put off, put off. So it was a year and a half planning to finally get here, do what I had to do. And they said, oh, you know, while you're here for three months in the middle of nowhere in Midon, sorry for the people in Midon there watching this, mm -hmm. um, you should go to Bali. It's, ah, it's overrated. I don't know. No, no, you should go. So for Christmas, I came down here. Well, I was going to be down here for a week. Yeah. Well, three months later, <laughs> I left and I had to go to India and Pakistan and Bangladesh and Dubai on business and back to Canada. And I, all the time there, I'm going, why am I not back in Bali? You know, and went back to Canada, sold my stuff put the rest in the storage and here I am back again. Yeah. And so I got my Kitas and I'm, I'm here. Where would you, the best place you ever lived? Bali. Bali. Yeah. Why? And people, people, they, they think of Changu and they think that's Bali. Yeah. It's not. No, it's not. I mean, there are little places I, I'm very fond of. Everybody's talked to me recently. I'm, I'm very fond of Mengui. Yeah. Uh, we recently spoke about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like 30 minutes North of Changu and you know, People whip through Mangui, they don't even pay any attention to it. But you know, the thing is, is I, I know some people up there now, and um, it's the former royal capital of this corner of Bali. And, you know, one of those places where when people showed up and the Dutch showed up and there were battles and the people came out of the palaces and basically ritually sacrificed themselves. That's one of the places that happened. Really? Yeah, big deal. You know, it happened in many places in, in Bali, but... There's so much history. You start reading on the history, and you know, historian is in my background. It just, it's fascinating the stuff that you dredge up and you learn. It's like wow. But uh, I, I really like Mengui, and uh, 
you know, the streets are broad, all little local shops. There's nothing, you know, commercial and big. The biggest, you know, international brand up there is Honda. <laughs> you can go to a Honda showroom. Uh, that's about it. Everything else is local. And uh, really, I like it a lot more than I like Ubud. The people there are extremely religious. You know, they really believe and they they pull out all the stops when it comes to things. There's a huge uh, temple complex you can visit up there. I was just there a few weeks ago. Um, surrounded by water features on all the sides and uh, really something to see. You know, just wear long pants and you'll be fine, you know. Uh, or you can rent one of the little oh, sarongs. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, really go check it out. And, you know, the thing is, is you, you go to these places in Uluwatu or up at the big temples in the sky off the volcanoes, and there's tons of tourists. You go to Mengui, none. You can enjoy it at your own pace, relax, you know. Other places, Balian Beach. You know, a lot of people that go off to the to to Lombok and all these islands. You know, mm -hmm. it's like why? Why would you get on the boat and risk your life and go out all the You can get on your scooter. In an hour, you can be in Balian Beach. It's another world with very few people. Good food, good coffee, relaxing, beautiful views. You know, and you're only an hour away by scooter, and you can go and come whenever you feel like it. Fuck, we need to organize a trip with Uncle yeah. Tom. And, I, and I'll show you some pictures. I wish I could show them to you on here. But um, there's a there's a nice place called, uh, I think it's called the Goobug Resort. G-U-B-U-G, -G -U -U I think it is, um, where I stayed. And they've got a uh, infinity pool, big, long infinity pool. Uh, and it's literally 30, 40 meters above the surf. Really nice. Oh, so you got beautiful views. Yeah, and you get your own little kind of like mini house. Every every little bungalow is is its own separate thing. So the neighbors don't make a lot of noise, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's really very nice. And compared to Chengdu, very cheap. So how do you find these places? Do you just go on on a road trip? Or I go on a road trip. I, you know, my thing is, is I you know I I, I take my phone, I put it in my mm -hmm. pocket, or you know I'll look ahead and I say oh, I'd like to go out that way. In, mm -hmm. There's some road at about this spot, you know, where I need to turn. And I'll get on the road and I'll just go and I'll go and I go. And if I turned there where I thought I was going to turn, I did. And if I didn't, I didn't. And I'll go for maybe two or three hours. And then I'll get to the end and I'll have a bite to eat or something or get some fuel. And then I'll put Google in my ear and it'll tell me from wherever the hell I've gotten to be how to get home. <laughs> you go up into the volcanoes, into those little villages that no tourists ever go to. You know, and you just smile and nod, but you got to realize that outside of Changu, your English is going to do you no good whatsoever. Yeah. You know, you just smile and nod. I try and learn a little bit of Balinese, you know. Farther west you get, it's the more you're going to need uh, Bahasa as opposed to Balinese. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, you get out to Balinese beaches, kids running around with Jakarta soccer league shirts because the people in Jakarta will come about that far. And I don't think they want to come as far as Changu because I think it's a little congested for them. Yeah, it's too too yeah. much crowded. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, it's it's really cheap out there at Malian <laughs> Beach. But there's some great surf out there to the west. You know, I hear all about it and I'm just looking forward to getting farther out and trying out some other spots. Have you been to Sediment? No. No, see, another place you have to go. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we drove through it. Yeah, but it's it's, it's the one of the beautiful places you yeah. ever see. Like, I yeah. mean, you can drive through it. You can just stop for a second and see the beautiful mountains and the rice fields and like um, if it's sun setting. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I can't mm -hmm. I can't even explain that. Shit. It's like somewhere where you're riding on a bike, and you know, sometimes it's just it's just say your normal road, 
when it's here, mm-hmm. you automatically just drive slower. Yep. You're yep. more than happy to stop at the side of the road and just take it in. Like some of the stuff is breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Ahmed is also beautiful. Mm-hmm. Ahmed is great. And I can yeah. give you some advice on that. When you go to Ahmed Beach, you know, at least spend a night or two there. And when you come back, take the shore road. Okay. This would be the, the eastern shore road that goes right along the cliff sides and they're all little villages and around and everything. So mm-hmm. great views there. But once you take it once, you're going to say, I'm glad I took it. I'm never going to take that again. <laughs> Because it's such a rotten road. God, it's awful. Uh, you know, just shake the bones right out of you. But, uh, I think that's how the, we end the up show, going The show road is the one, is the big road, right? Yeah. Well, uh, it's, no, it's not a big road. It's it's little tiny road. It's, it's it's yeah. It's Is, is, it, no, is it towards Langan Suite? I have to look it up on the map. Yeah, so. yeah. But it's, 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 you know, it's way up in the hillside, maybe 200 meters above the water. Yeah. You know. And it's it's the closest main road to the shore, but it's a it's a shit road. Yeah. But out there, what do they need a good road for? You yeah. know, they're going you know a couple kilometers down the road to buy you know rice or buy eggs or whatever, and then they go home. You know, and do they need a giant road? No. You know, I think a lot of the places here have been you know messed up by the fact that they're really super accessible to the tourists. So, what would you say the one of the, I mean, you send me the whole fucking list, man. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't even, you still yeah. can't get through that list. Yeah. I, I don't even know half of the shit you mentioned in oh, there. Oh, I've actually, I've actually <laughs> added things to the list. We're talking about the list of, of the, 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 the jobs, jobs that I've done. Did. Yeah. So yeah. what is the, like, very interesting job you ever did? Artistic figure model. What? Yeah, t- tell us more about this. Yeah, I, like, I have well, no idea. Artists have to learn how to draw the human body, you know, and so like, like, you, like the movies that you see, like, a, like a French girl, yeah, like whatever. a yeah. naked girl sitting there. Then you, yeah, sit well, there they have to draw. learn. To, they have to learn how to drink, draw, draw guys too, you know. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So you and draw. they want they want guys of every size and shape, and so I'm I'm part of the every so. You know, oh, so you lay yeah. out in the bed. Yeah. Yeah, but I haven't, I haven't done it in ten years plus, fifteen years plus. So I had a slightly different shape than I hit na- than I do now. Brother, get on there. You know, yeah. No, I mean, it might collapse. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but but it's it's a grand way to make some money. You know, uh, you know, when you're trying to make rent or whatever. You know, you get down to the point where you're selling your CD collection in order to make rent. You know, it's like I can do that. Yep. Well, when was this? Like uh, you're in oh, school God, or what? Fifteen years ago or something. I was doing it so. Yeah. So why why do you chose that first for in the first place to try and make rent? Try and make rent. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So I think fifteen years ago you're probably like in the forty mid forties. Yeah. Yeah. So so what happened before that to get try and make oh, rent? Oh God, my life is so long and varied. Let's see. Yeah, we have so much time. Yeah, you, you only have so much time. You, you're, you're, you're technically, you're only ahead for another ten minutes. But uh, yeah, um, uh, but in any case, uh, I, I could I could read the entire list to you, and I think you go out of your minds. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you start out as a kid. You know, your your very first job. You know, you work on a farm. What kind of farm? Man? Yeah, and that's that's where you learn. You work on a dairy farm, and you realize, you know, when I go to school, I'm going to study real hard. Guys, boy, those dairy farmers, they work really hard. And I want to get smart so I never have to do this again. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. You know, kids study hard, man. Study hard because dairy farmer, man, that's a hard job. You know, cred to them. You know, I have many friends who were and still are dairy farmers, but 
hard way to make a life and not not that profitable you know so okay tell tell me this though okay you worked i would say just on for number you worked more than 40 jobs oh i'd say there's probably 50 on the list yeah okay yeah uh-huh. I, i'm like attention deficit disorder for jobs ha, ha, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> half of the uh-huh. century yeah half century yeah so and a lot of them are simultaneous many, too yeah yeah how many times you went broke in your life <sighs> broke broke yeah like, like really broke, broke? Yeah, like you were trying to make it to rent yeah mm. oh a few times a few times there's times i've slept in my car yeah yeah did you ever in the snow it? in the car yeah i know it's canada is yeah yeah Yeah, but you know you you know it's like camping in the scouts, you know. Yeah. You, you bring your sleeping bag and you bundle up and you climb in there and you know you, you, you every day you try and get better, you know, and just you do and the best you can. Try and try and different things. We're just like I'm going to yeah. risk it. Yeah. Well, but every, every once in a while everything goes tits up, you know. Everything mm. goes to hell and uh it's like, you know, I lost that job, I lost that relationship, I don't have a place to live. I need a couple days to figure out what to do. I climb in my car and I park on the side of the street in Kingston, Ontario and say, "Okay, what am I going to do next?" You know. And how do you pull yourself out of that place? Yeah. Like when you're in the car, it's fucking freezing cold, snowing. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you just, you cope, you know. You know, you try not to do it for more than a few days, you know. You know, go to the library in the daytime. You know, it's it's not quite being homeless because people mm. that are homeless are, are A, hardcore, and B, to be admired with the fact that they can actually survive for long periods of time mm. like that. You know, uh, I would never consider myself in their league. No, no way. But, you know, when I see somebody homeless on the street and I've got, $20 US in my pocket I'll hand it to him because I was there. There was times when $20 was more than I had for the whole week. The crazy know? part is like uh right okay yeah we know Tom of course we know Tom but there's things that you like I never ever would have of guessed something like that. Yeah. The thing is you, you know you want when you guys get to my age you're going to have stories to tell you yeah. and stories not to tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know? So like going <laughs> We already have a few not to tell. <laughs> yeah. I've been married to For three. For sure, there will be yeah, a yeah. lot to tell. Not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> I, I've been married to three women of three different nationalities. You yeah. know? Uh, and now I'm very happy to be single. Yeah. And I'm my own and doing my own thing. And, you know, I am not going to subject myself to another person. Yeah. Because I don't think the world needs that. Yeah. World needs that. Or like <laughs> so, baby seats. Yeah. <laughs> baby yeah. Tom's running. No, I've got two kids. <laughs> I got two kids. One's 23, one's 25. Yeah. So, you know, they're happy. They're Hello. doing their thing and uh uh you know, they 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 have their own lives. Yeah. And it's like cool, you know, now you know we're on FaceTime or whatever Skype. So, being broke like twice in life and sleeping in the car, I would never imagine myself if we would never imagine ourselves doing that. What else would happen in your 63 years of life? Like would you regret uh, like going towards all this or I'm like it's a, it's an experience. I like it. I would regret I I my one regret is that I did not come to Bali or travel extensively sooner than I did. Yeah. Cuz you know my my 14 years of remote working was yes, I'd be around Canada, around the states. That's not very exciting, you know. So when you're remote working from Morocco, that's cool. <laughs> you know, when you're remote working on some on the airplane, on the airplane Wi-Fi, doing your job for three hours and annoying everybody else because the lights are out and your <laughs> screen is on, that's cool. You know, uh, not the annoying part, but yeah, yeah. but you know, you know when when you're 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 up before call to prayer in 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 some remote you know region like you know, Medan or whatever, and you know you're doing your your job, that's cool. 
you know, um, when I can say, I get up, start work at like 4 a.m. local time, and it's like 8.30, it's like, I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee. And you just close the screen, you walk out, and maybe you restart at noon if you feel like it or not. Not everybody's remote job can be like that, but with me, it's, it's always been like, it's been um, based on productivity, not on hours in front of the screen. And uh, so that's good. That's good. Quality over quantity. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, I've done the remote work thing in conjunction with other jobs and the other jobs had no idea I was doing it too. So you get up real early, you do the one job, you go in, you do your other job, you come back, wow. you go to sleep. It means you're not up real late at night. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I didn't travel very much because I had two jobs at one time a lot of times. So, what would you say your favorite job out of God. all of them? I'd say this research job. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah because doing. the thing is, is I can do it anywhere. I can I can decide to go to Ho Chi Minh City in three weeks, you know, and I can take it with me. Uh, you know, I can decide. Oh, I got to go back to Canada. You know, I can do it there. Yeah. So it's it's real handy, you know. And I've had people say you, you're working two jobs. This is in the past, and you should you got to get rid of this remote job. It's like I'm not doing it. So well, it doesn't pay as much as your other job. You need to have less stress in your life. So I get to travel the world on my screen every day, and. Why would I give that up? Right now, it's sustaining me. It's like, great. So you take it to the world, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can work yeah. anywhere. You know, the thing is, is, and really, when I was doing work in the U.S. and Canada, um, the work I was doing was Europe, Pacific, Indian Ocean, you know, Australia, Korea, Japan, China, India, you know, all this stuff out here. So now I'm in the right time zone. So, <laughs> so, uh, so have you anywhere that you would uh, that you would love to go that you haven't been yet? There's a few places. Uh, I want to go to the Azores. What? Where is this? Uh, it's in the. It's a Portuguese uh, uh, island. It's uh, south of Ireland, England. It's west of Portugal. Okay. That being said, I would imagine it's Bali uh, in the Atlantic because mm, really? it's all volcanically formed. The topography, geography is, is very similar to here. Uh, let's see where else. Um, I want to go to New Zealand. Uh, everybody wants to go to New Zealand. You know, there there's just so many places in the world they've yet to see. One of these days, the Grand Egyptian Museum will open up. They've been saying that for two years, too. So I'll get to go there. There's a new one. It's huge. It's going to be the biggest museum in the entire world. And he was a um, museum. Oh, yeah. The people that do the exhibits. Yeah. 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 Him, he did yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't like do it. I just it. found the job for him. So, you know, I didn't like do it. Like a tour guide you do now architectural research, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically somebody says, the way it works out is somebody starts talking, says, oh, we should build a museum. Yeah. Find the article, send it out. Uh, somebody else says, oh, we're going to put out a, a design contest to see all the architects come up with ideas. Put that out. Then they say, okay, we're going to fundraise. Put that out. You know, Okay, we're going to look for a construction company to build this crazy thing. Put that out, you know. Okay, we're going to need some exhibit contractors. Put that out, you know. Uh, every stage of every job has various things. When you're an architect, there's not just one kind of architect. It's not just like Frank Lloyd Wright, you know, who is a wacko, by the way. Um, but there's there's so many different types of architects. There's the architect who does the drawing and the design, you know, like a Louis Kahn or a Frank Gehry. And then he has the people that work for him and say, okay, how are we going to make this work? You know, the brilliant structural engineers and the architects who work with various materials. And then underneath them are 
the fire safety architects and engineers, and then there's the crowd control people, and then there's the, the heating and air conditioning people, and then there's the plumbing engineers and the electrical engineers, you know, and then there's the experience people who you hire in to make sure that, you know, there's volume, there's beauty, and there's interior design. There are so many interlocking parts and every one of those people is looking for work. You know, so you put out one thing that says they're going to build a museum that could affect 50 companies. They're all coming together to put in a bid on one job. It's just, it's a massive number of moving parts. You think about the Expo 2020. Did you guys go in Dubai? Mm. Never been to Dubai. Oh, you missed out. Uh, Dubai 2020 was the most is, amazing is the one expo. that uh, revealed with uh, the U-shape or O-shape on top of the building. Is it like a... Like a futuristic kind of it, well, it, what it is is it, it's imagine it's a giant fair, yeah, you know, uh, that runs for six months, and all the countries in the world that want to participate. In this case, it was about two hundred. Um, they build a little pavilion that represents their country, huh. and you know, first of all, they design the pavilion architect, you know, design the interior architect, design the exhibits architect, you know. Um, everybody has their little piece of the pie. And yes, you have the big star architects, the big guys like the Norman Fosters or the Zaha Hadids or the whatever. Um, all these, they all want to be the designers, the big fancy uh, pavilions that are really going to get lots of Instagram pictures. But there's a lot of other people that, that have the little tiny jobs that make things work. Uh, for example, um, Afghanistan like fell to the Taliban like two months before the place opened. So it was about to open and there was no official delegation to actually come and take over the space designated for Afghanistan. And so unofficially, because the Taliban was mad at everybody, they got a wholesome guy who left Afghanistan, who was a, an art uh, dealer who lived in Paris. And they said, we got this empty space and we're not going to go there. So can you set up in it? So it's not empty. And said, sure. So he showed up, brought some of his own stuff, put it up. It was kind of nice. It was uh, about maybe four times the size of the room we're in now, which is like, I would say, three to four meters by three to four meters. It was, you know, but you know what? It represented their country. You know, you go to other places and they're grand futuristic things. And I've been to those countries and that doesn't represent that country. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you get to know other places, places you want to really want to go, you know, uh, in, in the Qatari pavilion, you walk in there and outside it's like, oh God, it's like 40, 45 degrees outside. You go inside in the Qatari pavilion, they have a little a concrete bench that's formed. You sit down, at, it's refrigerated. Sure. It's like plus three. And you sit down on it after being out in 45 and it's like, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> this is great. Like, this like is fabulous. It. And it's like, it's like, oh, my, my sweat's going to freeze. And Oh, I can't feel my ass anymore. <laughs> you, know, you, so you could only sit down on that thing for like 60 seconds, but it was a really great 60 seconds. But, you know, after you go numb and you feel like I can't stand up anymore, I've lost feeling in my legs. But, you know, there's some amazing things. Azerbaijan had an amazing pavilion. You know, I never would have dreamed Azerbaijan. But apparently, you know, if you go to Baku, it's, it's, it's really quite a futuristic city. Wow. You know? Um, that's another place to go. Uh, the next expo is in Japan in 2025. It's at the old expo ground in Osaka. And uh, you should go. You really should. Um, 
assuming COVID and everything else, all hell doesn't break loose again. But, you know, you get to see people and you get to see things you never would imagine. I Best steak dinner I ever had was in, in Dubai. You know, some incredible stuff. Did and, you go to uh, this one? Hmm. No, 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 none of that. I didn't go to him. No, but it just, um, yeah, yeah, it's just... Expo is really something to see. It's it's meant to be essentially a six month business conference, but the stuff you see is amazing. They had a waterfall in Dubai that was technically impossible. It was like a vertical waterfall. It was like and somebody designed that thing, and it's still there. You can still go to the site. You know all this stuff is still there. You just there aren't pavilions for countries now. They're you know they're business incubator stuff and all this but all the features like the water features are still there they have a subway station that's meant for like i don't know 200,000 people a day to pass through i went back a week after expo closed and it was like it was like the zombie apocalypse it hit and everybody was gone you walk through this gigantic and you're the only person there it was really strange because i was there when it opened like like three days after it opened it was busy and exciting and really hot out uh but uh i'm looking forward to seeing it again now that it's open again as a business incubator it's it's really something i'm interested now about this waterfall yeah how does this waterfall work uh it's like a, it's like a big imagine a, a, a skate park with the bowls mm -hmm. okay but imagine it goes all the way around with a couple of cutouts so people can walk in and then that's covered with like a chain link and then they've got some kind of electronically computer controlled pumping system that feeds the water up behind it comes down the chain link. And so by the time it gets to the bottom, it's under the chain link. So you can actually step out and not get wet. Okay. It's freakish. It really is. Uh, I've got pictures in my phone, which I can't show to the poor people here. I mean, but, uh, you yeah. can send it to us. We'll send it to um, yeah. uh, the oh, editor. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. But, but really the expos are really something, if you're into art, expos are incredible spaces for art, uh, innovation. You know, they had little robots that would tell you how to get places rolling around on the ground. They looked like uh, little anime characters, you know. Yeah, that's, that, like, get, that gets a bit scary for me. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, You'd go up to ask a question, it would be fine until you got too close. Says, Please step away. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Walk off, Tom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, so much to see, you know, the world is big. You got to get out there and see stuff. And I never thought I'd want to go to Azerbaijan, you know. It's like, no, I don't want to go, you know, so. Any advice for anyone out there that's thinking of traveling? Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Yeah. I'd say go into work tomorrow, quit. Put your notice in, get out. Really, because you're not getting any younger. You know, am I going to be doing this 10 years from now, 20 years from now? I don't want to find out. I want to keep going. I want to hit that stone slab in the cemetery at full speed. I have a, um, I have a friend. Uh, I worked with Nationwide and he's 63. Mm -hmm. When I was working with him, it's during COVID, uh, we worked together February 2020. Uh, that's the last we worked together. And he quit the job in Nationwide and he moved on to a contractor. Mm -hmm. I was a contractor anyways. Yeah. Um, so he always, like, he, he, he started seeing someone. She's from uh, North America. Mm -hmm. um, not exactly. I don't remember wh which place. Uh so he, they wanted to travel and he was very always like worried about traveling outside the country because he's always lived in America and he has this idea about going outside of the country. It's like mm -hmm. people going to rob you or like whatever that is. And I always told him like, go fucking do it. Yeah, people can uh, rob you at home. 
Yeah. <laughs> so what what advice can you give a person like who's sixty, only been in US and never been able to travel anywhere, mm-hmm. and like what kind of advice do you give them? I, at the, at the risk of 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 promoting a company which I do not work for, probably the best thing I did. Uh, is uh, first of all, I had a lot of friends from around the world, yeah. from grad school and stuff like that. So you got really curious about a lot of countries, and people would say, "No, no, you should go here." The second thing I did was I went to Morocco, and I got signed up with this company called Intrepid Tours, which is a huge company. They have tours here, even here in Bali. Um, they're from all; they have stuff from all over the world, and tours of various lengths, times, and places. And uh, I never would have gone to Morocco on my own. Uh, but I signed up with these guys. They were very highly recommended. This was 2018, so before pandemic. And we had a fabulous time. We always felt safe. Um, they showed us amazing things in their own country uh, in Morocco because it's local tours. And, uh, you know, every night, you know, your accommodation was was covered and all that. And if you, depending on the time of year, you can get some astounding deals, like for a third of the regular place if you get it in the down season or stuff like that. Um, I spent Christmas in uh, Chef Schoen in Morocco. Um, I spent New Year's in Madrid. Um, you know, stuff to see. You know, Morocco is an amazing country. Go to Morocco. Go on a tour, you know, your first time, so you're a little afraid of being out there in the world. And all. You're in a group, people you don't know. They'll be your great friends. I'm great friends with, with the people that were on my tour. Except for that one guy turned into a terrorist, but that's, that's not the story. But uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a good first step to getting out there because it's a little confusing. You don't know, you know, where do I get the cash? You go to the ATM, you know, you know, have somebody around with you so that you're, you know, when you do something dumb, somebody will save you from your dumbness yeah. uh, and you get to learn. You know, yeah. uh, but I, but the other thing I'd say is other than go to Morocco with, with a company, uh, with a good company, go to Bali because yes, you can go to the nice little safe Changu, relatively safe, um, where, you know, you don't have to go outside of your bubble where yeah. you're afraid of, but you know, it's natural for people to start getting curious and saying, well, what are those big those big mountains up there you know it's like get on your scooter drive 20 minutes outside of town you'll say whoa what's that it's a volcano let's go <laughs> you know you know get excited just watch where you're driving you know? yeah it's a sure. scary sure. thing drive carefully and yeah everybody has to have their tattoo i have mine right here well, i haven't <laughs> got is, mine this is your balinese tattoo <laughs> i have i have several of them up and down my body touch um, don't you know you got to get that because it's part of the experience uh you get that from 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 falling off your scooter you know and, uh, you know, as part of my giant 50 job resume, I, I rode in an ambulance. And so it's, for me, it was like, oh, Mark. Yeah, it's okay. It's like, go to the all night pharmacy, get the passive tracing, get this gauze, you know, da, 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 change the bandages every 24 hours for a week and everything will be fine. If you don't know anything about medicine, go to the 24 hour emergency room. Do not screw around because you get an infection in Bali, you're in trouble. Uh, what is the... Final one more thing, like we're we're thirty, we're both thirty, yep. and we both quit the jobs, and we don't work, we don't make money. We need life uh, advice, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> not not life life advice. I feel like I can give you really like, good life advice, or I can give you really harsh life advice. Yeah, both. Why well, people are gonna not like this? It's nobody cares about people. Don't get married. Yeah, don't get married at all. Yeah. Marriage is a construct for the past. 
If you care about somebody, you care about somebody and stick with them. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, find somebody that you're, you're compatible with, you know, find somebody for now. And when it's not for now anymore, and that person decides that they're going another direction, just they go and try and part as friends, you know, get out there, do it. You never know where you're going to make a connection. Yeah. You never know where I'm going to say, oh, I know these guys that do podcasts. They could probably teach you, you know, for a small fee, how to do all this stuff. Let me get you in contact with them. You never know. You know, uh, I ran across somebody that was looking for somebody to design their website so that they could have sales. And I said, oh, I know this person. Contact them. I'm good as a middleman, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we need jobs too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Well. No, I, I mean, like, with 30, we don't do any jobs. So we're trying this and we'll see what happens with it. Um, but we also struggle to, like, we struggle, like, I mean, oh, what's going to be the future of next 30 years? Like, let's say, mm -hmm. like, we, know, we don't know where we're going to end Somebody up. Nobody knows. So if you ever, like, think about that and if you ever think about running running out of things or trying to be like oh what's going to be is it mm -hmm. going to be exciting tomorrow mm -hmm. is any advice you've been like you lived all that life i feel like so yeah. i'm not a traditionalist yeah. as, as, as i think i just said essentially uh but um two bits of advice uh one is uh as far as i'm concerned movement is life and that's an old movie quote you stop moving you die the second is, uh, as Tyler Durden said, the shit we own ends up owning us. The less you have, tied with the first quote, the faster you can move. The more you can move, the more mobile you can be. You know, I had a huge t-shirt collection. I love this t-shirt collection. I collect t-shirts since I was a teenager. I photographed every one of them. I posted them online. I gave them all away. Now I still have all the photographs and they look just like they did when I gave them away. You know, did I need that giant several boxes of t-shirts? No. You know, did I need all those boxes of cables and parts and, you know, ties to when I knew a dead language and all this stuff? No. Do I need all those books? No. Everything's online. Just stop carrying around stuff. The shit you own ends up owning you. Don't, don't acquire stuff, acquire memories, acquire pictures. We have the ability to do that right here. You know, you look back 30 years, that was not possible. As I often say to you guys in person, I'll say to the audience here, say, when I was a kid, technology was a little square AM pocket radio with a square battery. And that was technology. You think about how far we've come. My God, you know, just... The concept is we don't need to remember anything because we can just look it up. It leaves our minds free to do other exciting things. To leave that, this episode has been great. And thank you for doing this, Tom. Yes, and, um, and look forward to Melanie later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look forward for Melanie later. Um, and see you guys next week. Boys and girls, that's been this week's episode. On behalf of myself, Tej, and everyone in the Scooby gang, Tom, thank you for taking time out of your day. And you guys, thank you for taking time out of your day. We'll see you guys next week. Nice. Please subscribe, ring the bell, do whatever them cool kids do. Booyakashi.